0: Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry.
1: Welcome back to another episode. Of giant cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, Arson Henry. I mean, I mean, Ars- Matthew Judge. I mean, demon. I mean, John Heyman. No! <laughs> I mean, <sighs> Matthew Henry. I want to call you, I want to call you
0: stupid head, Matthew
1: Henry, because I'm just really, I'm just like, ugh.
0: I'm just, ugh! Yeah, I, I Stupid I, I didn't head. Do anything. Direct your anger at Farhan and John Heyman. You know, not. Not yeah. me. I think I think John Heyman is the biggest villain here. I, I think so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I you know.
0: Cause he took us to a yeah. high, man. He took us to a high that mm. that like like I mean, there was my marriage and birth of the kids. <laughs> and then right and, below and... that was hearing the Aaron Judge sign. That was a great seven minutes and of my life, man. The seven
1: minutes yeah, the seven minutes that Aaron Judge was a giant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I'm not even oh, sure if the, oh, the, the second birth of my kid even, like, rivaled that, to be honest. You know, you know, the first time, it's exciting. The second time, Aaron Judge might be a little bit more exciting than that, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the Dodgers and Padre fans on Twitter really had a good good laugh at that. I'm sure. They enjoyed that very much. I'm sure. Yeah. And they're always going to enjoy it now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> because Aaron didn't sign with the Giants. He went back to the Yankees, which, which we all kind of knew was... Was going to happen. Like, we knew that that was the strong likelihood. Oh, yeah. You, know, you can say, say that. Like, yesterday.
0: Like, yeah, we knew. But, but we were, at least I was really like starting to believe that the. Oh, yeah. Were no, moments. I don't think
1: it was just you, Matthew. I don't think it was just you. It was me also. Which and is saying I, a lot. I'll explain. Expi- it is saying a lot. I'll explain that a little bit later in the show when, when it becomes relevant. But. Uh, it was me. It was. It was. It was all of us. And I think you know. I think even the Giants organization and some of the Giants players were starting to feel that way. And it's all because it turns out Aaron Judge is a dark master of misdirection. Like. You know, he's not he's not the arch villain in this case. Like, I think I think the arch villains in this case are John Heyman, who's just sort of like, I don't know, he's he's not like the arch villain, but he's this extra evil guy that's added. That's like he's like the foil, you know, I think the arch villain in here was Hal Steinbrenner, and I think he actually got got. Right. Unfortunately, is that we were collateral damage, you know, you know, we we got used like a dirty sock. And and it was you know and it was Aaron Judge that was doing it to us, and and we were into it until we realized what was happening and and what role we were playing, and now it's kind of like, man, I hope you don't pull a Hammy or whatever, right? Like, but anyway, all right. We we, we can talk about how that. how are you doing? How are
0: you doing? Uh, Otherwise,
1: how's the family? What's the weather like?
0: Oh, I should ask them. I I don't I don't know. <laughs> I've been, I've been like, I've been, my, my, my and I'm okay, except my, my Twitter thumb is a little sore oh, today. Yeah. Like, you know, and, um, yeah. I, you know, I had to actually switch to my, to my other thumb, you know, and my backup thumb uh-huh. to, to uh-huh. refresh the Twitter page. Uh, and there's actually like a yeah. line right down my phone from how yeah. many times I was refreshing Twitter. <laughs> so, you know, other than that, I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right.
1: Wow. You know, as you know, like I don't, I, once upon a time I was on the Twitter all the time. But but like that was a decade ago, and and I don't I don't go on the Twitter anymore. But I was on the Twitter yesterday.
0: You were. I was. You made some rare appearances. I,
1: I, I did, and uh, you know it, it it was fun. It was fun. I I don't I don't I don't usually like it there, especially now that it's got that musky odor. You know, like I it's <laughs> it's not it's not a place I really want to be. But um, but yeah, it was it was always all happening there. But so you're saying you've ignored the family,
0: as one you does know, when it, you know as one your does, team is about right? to sign the okay. you know biggest free agent in the history okay. of the game.
1: Okay. Right. Uh, Matthew, I got a question for you. Okay. Um, Who is your favorite pickleball player and why?
0: Oh, I think I'm going to have to go with Norma Jean down at the community rec center. Because that woman plays like, like... with a vengeance man like like she doesn't take prisoners and and you got to respect that in an 80 year old woman (laughs) um
1: you know I'm really a Riley Newman fan but uh you know uh Norma Jean I I think it's what we just learned here though Matthew is, is you don't offer pickleball at the Y
0: We've been talking about you it. You
1: gotta—they—they they have to play at the local rec center. We,
0: we've been talking about it. We—we we have um, we have a little bit of space that we could convert into a pickleball courts, and we've been talking about it, um, and and probably will. Uh, but yeah, we, we haven't done it yet. So no, you can't play pickleball yeah. at my Y, and uh, yeah, and I think we're poor you know for love... it. You know? Yeah. You know what I love about pickleball? Is that an old guy like you can play?
1: Yeah, it's the American curling.
0: Yes, you that is, I've never heard it, that, but you were right. That that is exactly yeah. What it it, is.
1: No, that's exactly what it is. Like I I know bowling, blah blah blah. Look, none of us are ever going to be Pete Weber. Like, just not going to happen. Okay, okay. But pickleball, any moron can be good at that sport. And uh, and I kind of feel that same way about curling. Look, I know there's skill in both of these things, and it's all about you know, it's all about the spin. You you know, in both, right? Yeah. But but other than that, it's like 99% of the rest of the players in the world, they're all the same, right? It's that kind of sport. And uh, yeah, it's, it's the American curling. It's, you know, more power to it. Anyway, folks, today is Wednesday, December 7th, as we record this podcast. The Giants um, went one and one this week. Uh, missing out on one Aaron judge but hey the news is not all bad we also signed mitch hangover i mean hanniger and uh hey we needed two outfielders and we got one and um there's this real strong possibility that mr hanniger could be the jd davis of the offseason and and mitch like it's not it's not you just like it wasn't J.D., right? It's just that it's just
0: you. Exactly. Expectations yeah. were a little different.
1: Yes. But before we get into all of that,
0: uh, Bob, ask Matthew the question. What are you drinking, Matthew? I think this would have been a very different cocktail had Aaron Judge signed uh, with the Giants. I was gonna create some wonderful cocktail to celebrate Mr. Judge and his eminent arrival in San Francisco. It was gonna be an amazing cocktail, uh, and then the plan after that was to start doing some holiday-themed kind of cocktails, getting into December, because last year we only published once in December, and and I think I did an eggnog then. But uh, you know, I feel like now we've got. A few weeks, and and we could go go deeper into that. So I was I was prepared to do that. And once he decided not to sign, I, I had to pivot. And so, uh, I am instead going with the holiday theme because you know what? Screw Aaron Judge. The holidays are here, and we need a little bit of cheer. All right. And so I'm I'm prepa- I'm I've prepared a winter old fashioned. And what makes this one unique? At least to me, is that uh, for the first time I am using an allspice dram to uh, complement my uh, my old fashioned, and I had I've seen this in many cocktail recipes and had never added it to my my liquor cabinet. And uh, this week I was at the Bottle Barn in Santa Rosa, and I saw they had one bottle of Saint Elizabeth all-spice dram, and I said I'm I'm taking it. And uh, if you're not familiar, it's also known as pimento dram or t- pimento liqueur. And it's made with the allspice berry and it's uh, usually rum-based uh, liqueur uh, that is steeped in the allspice berry from, the, from Jamaica mostly, but also from you know, Caribbean countries. And uh, it's a sweet but spicy uh, liqueur and it's perfect for holidays. Yes, Ben, sweet and spicy just like you. Thank you. <laughs> so, so I am using uh, a rye whiskey, and I'm using a Sonoma County Redwood Empire rye. They're not sponsored here, but that's a damn good rye. And if you have a chance to to, to pick it up, I would uh, suggest it. It's a, a lovely, balanced rye. And it's actually won some awards and things, and so really, really nice. And so, I'm doing two ounces of rye, an ounce of the allspice dram, and then to add a little bit more kind of flavor and Winter esque flavor to it. I I basically mold some turbinado syrup. I took some molding spices, uh, similar to what you used last week, I think. Uh, cinnamon sticks and cloves and allspice berries and and uh, um, I know I'm forgetting some, but uh, dirty old sock. Uh, not dirty old sock. Uh, yeah. Clean sock. And, uh, and, and, you know, you mull all those together in your, you know, I did a one-to-one water to turbinado uh, sir, uh, sugar, uh, simple syrup. And then I just mold it with cinnamon sticks. Oh, and some orange peel and uh, just let it, I brought it to a, almost a boil uh, and then just let it sit to cool down. And once that's done, you strain it. And it's this lovely, Like rich syrup. It's got the the turbinado with the molasses kind of hint and you've got some of these spices coming in through. Uh, And you can use it a lot more than just this old-fashioned, but I'm using it. So I got a quarter ounce of that syrup going in there. And then a couple dashes of orange bitters and a couple dashes of pechades. And I will say that I did try Angostura bitters uh, my first round, and then I I tend to really like Peixades, and so I decided to try that one as well, and I, I think I prefer the Peixades, so, uh, but both, either, would, would do really well. And uh, then you put that in a mixing glass with a, just a few ice cubes, and you stir that until it's uh, those are d- diluted, or put a lot of ice cubes and just stir it for like 15, 20 seconds. You don't need a lot of dilution is what I'm trying to say, uh, but you want it to have a little bit, and then you put a large ice cube in a rocks glass, and you pour that in, garnish it with a with an orange peel and a Luxardo cherry and you're golden. So uh, and it's a nice holiday uh old fashioned and I made myself a double today, so because I felt like I needed it. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a sip right now. Cheers. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. I agree, Bob.
1: I agree. Uh you know what I thought though, when you said the all spice dram, I was like, dude, old spice makes a dram? <laughs> And I thought that's part of me was like, that's gross. And then part of me was like, I really want to taste that. (laughs) But then I realized all spice, not old spice, you know, old, old, old fart, you know. Uh, And uh, yeah, that sounds that sounds I mean, it's really complicated. I mean, you put a lot of (laughs) effort into that. And, uh, for the holidays,
0: though, you. You, you gotta gotta yeah. kick it up a notch. And really, the only thing was that was was mulling the your own simple syrup. I mean, that was yeah. that was the the part that took took half an Fair hour. It took half an hour. You know, I mean, it, it wasn't that long. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. I made I made I mean, I made some cinnamon syrup for a different cocktail that I had to do this morning for a, a different thing, different part of my life. Well, anyway, Bob, hit me.
0: What are you drinking, Ben?
1: You know, Bob. Um, I've, I've been, you know, look, as we know, um, I've been doing this gimmick for a while, right? I've been, I've been cranking out the planters punches, uh, to, to in, 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 in sort of like preparation for one Aaron judge signing with the San Francisco giants. I said that I was going to make them until he became a San Francisco giant and, um, you know. Uh, and, and I heard a lot of you were were really excited about this. You were like, really into the planter's punches and you kind of wanted them to keep going. And I bet you're now kind of excited, right? Because you think, oh, that's all Ben's going to do from now on. And, and that was obviously a lie. Because even though we all know that I'm a big believer in commitment, you know, I am not committing to anything that has anything to do with a man who clearly thinks so little of us. So I instead, uh, well... You know, I also had another cocktail that I was going to drink today, too, because as I said at the beginning of the show, I actually started to believe that that this was a distinct possibility that Aaron Judge could become a San Francisco giant. And I said I had two cocktails ready. Well, I lied, folks. I lied. I had one cocktail ready. I had the celebratory cocktail and I could have come on this show and I could have just made that cocktail and given you all some other, you know story about its background because i do that all the time i just wing stuff on this show all the time shocking and 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 uh, but you know i didn't feel like that was fair to me because it is all about me and i thought you know what no i'm not gonna give that man any more attention (sighs) but you know what i'm also i just it's been a roller coaster people i should have stayed off the twitter Right. You know, the Twitter is really what did me in like everybody was in a frenzy there, you know, and uh, and I just didn't have it in me. So today, Matthew, I present to you and all of our fine listeners the I literally don't even give a anymore cocktail. All right. here's, Here's the recipe. You go to your bar, you look in there, you just grab a bottle that you're pretty sure is a hard liquor. Okay, then with your other hand, you grab another bottle that you're pretty sure is a liqueur. Okay, you pull both of those out. You take a coin, you flip it. If it's heads, you grab a lemon. If it's, li- if, it's if it's tails, you grab a lime. Um, and then you get some simple syrup. Okay, you put all of those ingredients into a mixing glass maybe you cut the lime, maybe you cut the lemon, maybe you squeeze it in, maybe you just leave the lemon in there. I don't care. Okay? You put in that with a bunch of ice and then you take you take Angostura bitters cuz it's the best and I I don't know how anybody could think differently. Okay? <laughs> and you shake in I don't know. You just keep shaking. How, however bitter you are in the moment, you just keep shaking, okay? And and then you you put all that on ice and you shake it until it's super cold, okay? You crack that sucker open, you pour it into a cocktail glass, and then you get some bubbles. I I, I don't care. I, but they, the bottom shelf bubbles, right? Like I'm talking La Marca Prosecco or, you know, uh, I don't know, some wine from grapes that Matthew grew in his backyard. I don't know. At least they're from Sonoma. <laughs> and And you put that on top, And, uh, you know, there you go. There it is. I I give you the... I literally don't even give a anymore. And interestingly enough, it comes out a a wonderfully colored orange. And uh, how does it taste? (laughs) That good, huh? Um, Well, folks, it tastes like crap, just how I feel. (laughs) Um, But you know what's nice about this recipe is that next time it could be something completely different. And, um, you know, maybe it will be, um, that's my cocktail. The, I literally don't even give a anymore.
0: All right. Well, so what exactly did you put in your, I literally don't give even give a anymore. Like what, what, what spirit and liqueur did you pull out?
1: (sighs) Uh, Well, look, Matthew, I don't even, it wasn't even, uh, all right, fine. It was, uh, it it might've been an ounce and a half of Aquavit, half an ounce of yellow chartreuse, a, uh. Half an ounce of lime juice, half an ounce of simple syrup. I then did shake that in a shake. Oh, wait, no, no. Then I put in two dashes of Angostura bitters. And then I shook that in my Boston shaker until about 15 seconds until it was too cold to touch on the the tin. Cracked that open, poured that into a very nice Nick and Nora glass. Uh, and then I topped that with some sparkling, uh, well, prosecco in this particular case because I don't have any. I would have preferred a nice uh, Northern California sparkling white wine. I didn't have any. Uh, I have these tiny little prosecco bottles in my bar, and so there you go. Uh, and that is um, the the um, version one of the. I literally don't even give a anymore. And it does come out this beautiful. Uh, it is. With That's the a great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got some nice photographs of it, and um, it it doesn't taste as bad as I said.
0: I mean, it's grown on me. Well, you know, I, it's it's a classic template for a cocktail, right? It, yes. And uh, so I could see how you know you could get lucky by just doing the random. You could, yeah, yeah. You could. Maybe that could be its name. You might get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't give a f- anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, and uh, I just want you all millennials to know. I put that word literally in there, literally for you.
0: He did. We actually uh, went through a couple of iterations mm-hmm. of this name. So. Yeah. No. No offense. <laughs> all right. Well, there's the cocktails. Uh, we've got we've got one begrudgingly heading into the holiday season. Feeling as festive as ever, and, uh, and then we've got one that literally doesn't even give a f- anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matthew, we've got forty minutes to go. Right, can we? Can we? Can we complain about Aaron Judge for that long? Is that what we should do? Because that's all we've been talking about.
0: I feel like we got to put this one to rest, and all right. you know, Arson all right. Judge would expect nothing less.
1: <laughs> oh, Arson. Uh, a forever giant, if there ever was one.
0: <laughs> Literally, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Good old arson judge. Whatever happened to you. I think I think we're going to see
1: jerseys at the park next year. It's 99 San Francisco jersey, and it's just going to say arson on the back. Oh, I'm going to have that jersey now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with a little bit of flames coming off of it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I saw on Twitter that somebody said uh, that that Mitch Haniger should wear the number ninety nine next year, and I thought that was <laughs> that's good. that was good. That's
1: that's good. I, on that jersey, we should also have a little black patch with the initials JH on
0: there. JH. Oh yes, Mr. Heyman. Yes, took yeah. me a second. I'm a little slow. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm I've I've almost done with my double uh, <laughs> well, old fashioned. I'm
1: pouring my second one now because I just gulped that one down. <laughs> All
0: right. Everybody. All right. Well, as you alluded to. In the beginning, uh, in your opening, I gotta, I gotta hand it to, to Aaron Judge and 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 his his uh, agents, uh, because they played this game, really well. And I would like to think that the Giants knew that there was a possibility that they were getting played. Uh, I, I think. You know, there's some smart guys over there. They, I, I think, you know, this is not their first rodeo. I think that they always knew that whatever they were going to put out there was going to probably be matched by the by the Yankees, and it was really going to come down to where he wanted to play. But you still got to play the game, right? I mean, you can't just assume that that Judge is going to go back to the Yankees. You've gotta, you've got to play the game, and you've got to put your best foot forward, and. I honestly think the the, the Giants did that, uh, you know, and and so I'm one side of me. I'm, I'm really torn, Ben. One side of me wants to just blame the hell out of out of our current leadership, but the other half of me feels like they just offered him the most money that any baseball player has ever been offered, and uh, he chose to go back to the team that you know that he grew up in, and. You know, could be a legend in you know um, when it's all said and done. And so, I, I you know I, I feel like there's we we got to kind of at least look at that reality and 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 at least understand that um, it wasn't all um, wasn't all the the, the Giants' fault. Um, however, I do feel like they got played like that that video. In retrospect. Boy, that was, oh, that was
1: here to see, spend some time with friends and
0: family video. Yeah. Because, you know, generally when film, somebody filmed by his film by his wife and then the fact that he walked straight up to the camera <laughs> and did the and wink,
1: <laughs> like,
0: and, and the other thing that I, was, I got to thinking was that when somebody leaks a video like that, you find out pretty quickly who took the video because they yeah. want credit, right? I mean, they yeah. want their, their five minutes of fame and, yeah. and nobody ever took credit for that.
1: Mrs. Judge didn't want credit.
0: <laughs> I
1: I don't know that it was her. I don't know that it was her. Okay. I don't know It was her agent's assistant I mean, it, it was his
0: agent's assistant, I think is what it or was. Or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It, yes. It was yes. Um yeah, I'm just I'm just joking when I say that.
0: Um Well, I think there's a
1: lot of things to unpack here. I, I think I think, you know, one is is why was this the right choice for Aaron Judge, right? The the second thing is is why Did Aaron Judge play this the way he played it? And then number three is, is did the Giants do everything that they could have to to win this um, this this bidding war? And um, and then what does that mean? And then there's also the fourth question, which is really the most important question for us, is like, where do we go from here? And what does it mean about, you know, everything else? And. Which which also, is, I think, speaks to, you know, should this regime be fired? I don't think the regime should just let me start with right there. I don't think the regime should be fired because one guy didn't sign with you. OK, I think everybody who listens to this show knows how I felt about this and how I feel about it. I think this pushes this regime one step closer to being on the bubble, to losing the, the fan base entirely and And if the season plays out the way I really see a likely scenario of it playing out, then then they then it, I, they will have lost me, right? Um, If they don't sign the right people for opening day, then they will have lost me. And the only way they could win me back is by winning baseball games. And I think if they don't win enough baseball games by July, then I will be there with my pitchfork. And I think I've already told you, Matthew, I've got a special one with these wide, wide uh, tines on it. Yeah. Uh, are they are they tines when it's a pitchfork? Sure. Okay. They got these wide tines, so you can fit a lot of heads on one yeah, pitchfork. Yeah. I'm sure you can get yeah. that on Amazon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I had mine specially made. Of course. You uh, did, but yeah. sure. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. Like, uh, you know how I roll. <laughs> Uh, But anyway, so I, I think there's a lot of things to talk about here. But I, I think you know, I, I I think that the easiest thing to say is why was this the right choice for Aaron Judge? Uh, you know, Aaron Judge is now part of the pantheon of bronze statues in Monument Park, beyond Center Field in in Yankee Stadium. Right. Okay. I, he is. N- no, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You. Uh, he is now going to be alongside Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris and and he's going uh, Derek Jeter and he is going to be one of those guys okay and i don't know and, and, you know and he will have spent his entire career with the New York Yankees and i don't i don't know like if there's anything bigger than that than making your mark in baseball okay uh, to put your name alongside those guys and that's gonna happen regardless of how the rest of his career goes, right He's not a surefire Hall of famer yet I mean he probably is but like if he really tanks these next nine years, he might not be. but he is a Hall of Fame Yankee and and he will own New York for the rest of his life, right? And and that's why it was the right choice for him. It was the organization he grew up in. It was, you know, he doesn't have to make any disruptions to the current way he's living his life. Those are all of, you know, fine. Okay. It was the right choice for Aaron Judge. I think if he had decided he wanted to go to San Francisco and play for them, it would have been the right choice, too. It just came down to what he wanted. But there was a lot of great things to get by choosing to go back to the Yankees. But it's also clear that he had an axe to grind, Matthew. You know, like they lowballed him because the Yankee, a Steinbrenner is going to (laughs) Steinbrenner. You know what I mean? Like, like the Steinbrenner, like as as big as the Yankees are to baseball, that's how big the Steinbrenners are to evil rich people. (laughs) You know, and it's like, here's one of the greatest Yankees of all time. And you guys are trying to lowball him. And. And, you know, I think he knew what he was dealing with. He was like, yeah, I want to be part of the Yankees, but it's kind of like it's kind of like, a you know, it's kind of like a high ranking imperial soldier wanting to be part of the empire in Star Wars. Right. You know, like like I believe in this, you know, and uh, but but I know I'm dealing with the emperor and Hal Steinbrenner is the new emperor. And, and you have to play the emperor like he's an evil sack of dung and uh, and they did. Unfortunately, that meant the San Francisco Giants were his patsy.
0: well, right. and and I think you know we've learned that uh, the original or or the 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 previous best offer uh, was eight years three twenty. The Giants had offered nine years three sixty. We've heard reports that the Padres offered four hundred thousand, but then recently we've heard some uh, Rosenthal from the Athletic uh, disputed that, saying that there was never a four hundred million dollar uh, offer on the table. Uh, so let's assume that the Giants' at nine years, three hundred sixty, was the the water the high water mark. That's what you know. So according to multiple reports, you know, Judge called up Hal Steinbrenner and said. You know, I had a conversation with him, Hal Steinbrenner says, do you want to be a Yankee? And he says, yes, but I've got nine years, 360 on the table. And so Steinbrenner okayed another year with another $40 million, and that's what got him that. So the Giants earned Aaron Judge another $40 million. And that's how you do it, right? I mean, I don't, you can't blame the guy for going out there. I mean, it's not his problem that the Giants need a star and need someone to to anchor their their offense. I mean, he it's instead he just used that to his advantage to get the best possible offer he could from the Yankees and good good for him, right?
1: Yeah. And he really convinced them that he was willing to sign with the Giants. And maybe he was. You know, maybe he really was willing to sign with the Giants. Like if the Yankees weren't going to come to bat, if the Yankees were going to stay at eight years or whatever, maybe he would feel like that was just one, you know, that was the straw that broke the camel's back and he would be happy to have taken the Giants offer. You know, I I, I guess that I bet that's probably what he would have done if the Yankees had said, no, our best offer is already on the table. He probably would have taken the Giants offer. So. You know, Because at the end of the day, he was doing what he needed to do to get the best offer he could from a management that he knows very well and that his agents know very well. He played them perfectly. And I think that's really important for everybody to remember. We're all bitter. We're all angry. We're all maybe feeling like we got used. The people that lost out on this gambit of getting this extra money was not the Giants. Right. The Giants now have three hundred and sixty million dollars that that they were planning on spending that they now have to spend. Okay, At the end of the day, the Yankees are spending one hundred and forty six million dollars more on Aaron Judge than they had planned at the beginning of this season. They're the ones that are paying all of that money. Um, and, And Aaron Judge did what he needed to do to squeeze what he needed to squeeze out of a Steinbrenner. And so when I look at it from Mm -hmm. that angle, like, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, okay. Maybe I was a bit extreme at the show, beginning of the show, when I said the whole thing about the dirty sock. And, yeah, that was probably just, you know, I probably may have said that for laughs. And it was pretty funny in my (laughs) IMHO. But, uh, you know, I, I think Aaron Judge made the best decision he did for Aaron Judge. Which brings us to, did the Giants do everything that they needed to do to win uh, this. And I, I think they did, because I think if if Aaron Judge had came back and said, can you give me a little bit more? I bet the Giants would have. I think Aaron yeah. was
0: satisfied. Yeah. I think he I mean, was we satisfied. We don't know if they offered him hookers and blow, but but uh, <laughs> but other than right, that, right. I, I, I think they... I, 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 yeah. I, I feel like they... I mean, we heard that they had like 27 different employees... Like working on some parts of Aaron Judge's uh, wooing, yeah, and and you know obviously money wasn't an issue, uh, and so as much as I want to be like you couldn't close the deal, Farhan, I I, I, I find it hard yeah. to blame him because it's like I think they did do everything that they could do.
1: Right, yeah, I agree, I agree, and and I frankly I I was surprised. I was surprised. I hoped, but I did not believe that this team was prepared to put an offer like that together. And they proved me wrong. And Which which gives me a huge amount of relief. Because it does start to make me to believe that, that they were planning on this year to always be the year that they make the big splash in free agency. Um, and that's why they've been so cheap in the past previous seasons you know or maybe they had planned on doing more but they they won 107 games and they were like oh well maybe that's the answer maybe we should just keep doing that so maybe they were distracted by that right but it does give me a little bit of hope that they are prepared to spend big money on on free agents because you need to overspend to get the top of the market
0: well and and i think you know the 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 agent for the best available uh players going forward is is one um Scott Boris. Scott Boris. And, and you know what? Thank God. <laughs> well, Scott well, thank Boris... thank God for went, that. He, you know, his, yeah, it was interesting. His press conference at the winter meetings was probably more attended than most players uh, because I think right. writers know that he's he's the one, right? He's the guy. And he's the agent to to Correa, Carlos Correa, who is now, right. should be the, the, the Giants' number one target. And uh, he's also the agent to Brandon Nimmo, who, now that mm-hmm. we don't have Judge... Right. Uh could be fit. another great fit for the for the Giants. And so
1: Yeah.
0: And his comments were funny because somebody had asked him about, about the Giants and and his comment was something to the effect of uh the key to the Golden Gate is far hand and wide. And <laughs> And and okay. so nice I, I, yeah and and Boris can yeah he can turn a phrase he, you know, he he's he's a guy that that I think enjoys being in front of the media uh, and but he's not wrong and and he knows it and I kind of like him kind of throwing the gauntlet down and being like we know Farhan that you have to spend some money yeah and yeah well and, and he and you brought up well you brought up a good point on on Twitter yesterday in your one day on Twitter uh, about how that perhaps the Giants wouldn't be in this situation if maybe they had uh, I don't know signed a free agent last year and and so right now our backs are against the wall and everybody knows it and so what does that mean that means that the Giants if they want one of the top free agents are probably going to have to overpay Yeah. If
1: there wasn't a San Francisco tax on Major League Baseball players, there is now.
0: Yeah. But but also, though, on the flip side, do you know what happens when you overpay for a really good baseball player? You get them. Exactly. You get a really good baseball player.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and that's why I said, thank God, it's Scott Boris, because because Scott Boris is like the player agent equivalent of, of a Steinbrenner. He's he's pure money. He's yeah. pure evil. He doesn't care right? about your
0: sentimentality and where players no. should be and all no, that. No, he doesn't no. care
1: about where you grew up or or which team, you know, brought you to the major leagues or or the Pantheon. He's like, you know, I don't care about any of that crap. You know, Aaron Judge, when your bronze statue is going to be up in Monument Park, you're going to be dead. <laughs> right? And it's like, you know, what are you going to do with that when you're dead? Okay, which nothing. is kind of what I was thinking well, you too. Know, but yeah, you know, yeah, you know what you can do. You know what you can do with with money. When you're alive, you can spend it, right? You can you know your carbon footprint can be so big, but you can plant so many trees to offset it. Even though science says that might not actually do what you think it does, and and feel good about it and not guilty about. it. You can fly all over the world and and just grow all the kind of trees you want. And and the world is your oyster when you have all that money. The world ain't anything when you're dead and you got a bronze statue, a plaque. It's not even a statue; it's a plaque. Uh, you know that's Scott Morris for you. So thank God, right? At least at least these guys have an agent who's just going to be like, just give me the most money.
0: Just exactly. give me the
1: most money, and we'll sign here. Right. Uh, and so maybe it's a good sign that Scott Morris is the agent because the Giants should be able to outspend everybody at this point.
0: Right? Well, yeah. Because They got
1: zero players. No offense, Mitch Hanniger. They got zero players and 360 mil to spend.
0: One of the interesting things is, you know, so Carlos Correa is is uh, the next best player. And some would argue should have been like maybe the number one target all along. Uh, he's younger, uh, more athletic, less likely to decline uh, into his late 30s, uh, which is he's where...
1: 27, folks. I think I think his 28th season will be next year.
0: Right. And so, so with, with that on, on the table, I feel like uh, it may not be the worst thing, but having said that, I mean, we have to actually get him. Right. And, 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 you know, looking at, so the only other shortstop of the big three that has, uh, that has signed is, is Trey Turner. Right. And, and Trey yeah. Turner signed for, what was it 11 years? 300,000? 300 million yeah 300
1: right? 300 million 11 years um which is mind-boggling to me it's two years longer than Aaron well finished. and
0: and I think the reason that they did that was the Phillies convinced him that um the AAV needed to be lower for their luxury tax purposes and okay. so so they just gave him a couple more years and and the way that kind of speaks to me is interesting because that, that just tells me that that he probably wants you know he's not looking to play beyond his late 30s right so right. he's not looking right. for another and contract it, after this this is it
1: yeah no this is his last contract and 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 his wife is from philadelphia and he made it very clear he wanted to go back to the to the east coast yes right the padres apparently made a really big push at him but but it but it sounds like he left 40 million dollars on the table 41 million dollars on the table there so the, the based on the rumors right now the padres have been like like Eighty-one million dollars more than everybody else, and they've been turned down. That's how much. That's how badly people want to live and play baseball in San Diego right now,
0: which is really interesting. <laughs> it is interesting, but I think that uh, so the Korea contract, if you're, I mean, realistically, I mean, you could be looking at twelve years, three hundred sixty million, and and I'd be okay with that. Uh, I, you know, I I just again we've gone over the numbers before. I think you know two things, right? The, the salary, uh, th- uh, luxury tax threshold will keep going up. And so $33 million a year this year is like 20, you know, 25 million maybe in 10 years. Yeah. Right. So w- when you factor in cost of living, inflation, all that sort of stuff. So I feel like that's a reasonable price to get, you know, arguably the best player in baseball. And, and, and I'm sure that Zaidi and them are putting together a competitive package, um, but I don't want it to be competitive. I want it to be yeah. like, "Wow, we can't turn this down. We need to go with the Giants because they're offering." It's got to blow
1: things. They got to blow things out of the water. Exactly. Right? Like th- this. I think this is the the only remaining name that is going to satisfy my requirement, which is make me buy tickets in April. Okay. Um. I don't get me wrong. I'd, I'd love to see them bring Rodon back. You know, it, it. I did hear some scuttlebutt that 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 he was open to that, right? Yep. Um, and so, you know, I'd love to see them bring him back. I think there's less need there, but but I think there is still need, like a, a starting pitcher. We I don't think we need the best starting pitcher available on the market, which is now him. But he's a guy we know. He would be at the top of our rotation, or at least Logan Webb equivalent, right? We'd have a one A and a one B. But Carlos Correa is on the position player side. He is the best remaining player. And and you're absolutely right. Next year will be his 28th season. Of the four uh, shortstops available this season, he is the youngest and arguably the best. Right. You know, I mean, Turner and Correa, sorry, Bogarts have equivalent stats, but they're both two to three years older than him. And Dansby Swanson's not quite as good. And Correa is also good at defense. So you know the um they got to get him right like to satisfy me they got to get korea if they don't then i'm going to i'm going to keep my money in my wallet and i'm i'm going to watch and see if they win or not and i'll start buying tickets at the end of june right if they don't get korea if they do get korea i'm going to shell out some money for games early in the season And, uh, you know, and and I don't see why they can't get him if he's true to his word, which is I'm going to go to the team that makes me the best offer because the Giants should absolutely be able to be that team. Right. Right. And here's the good news. The Dodgers don't want him because their fan base wants him dead.
0: (laughs) Well, it's funny because that you say that because he, like Boris actually went online, went out into the media, and and of course he's going to do this. But he was like, the Dodgers don't really care about that. They want the best players for their team, and and I agreed to some degree. That's kind of probably, but at the same time, they can't ignore the fact that Correa was the poster child of the team that stole the World Series away from the Giant, uh, from the Dodgers rather. Uh, so I think that the other issue around now that you bring bring up the Dodgers is. They have some issues still. I was reading about this recently on The Athletic that Trevor Bauer's situation is still haunting them. And Trevor Bauer has appealed his, his, uh, his suspension. And if he wins that appeal, the Dodgers will have to pay back in back pay, including taxes on the competitive balance tax, in an excess of a mil- $100 million. And so that's kind of hamstringing them right now into making a big offer on the other free agents because they have to kind of account for this other hundred million dollars that they might have to pay uh, because of the Trevor Bauer situation.
1: Which really sucks because if because if there was anything where i ever be on the side of the Dodgers, it's between Trevor Bauer and the Dodgers. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would I, I'm rooting for the Dodgers in that one. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, uh, on the other hand, don't sign a-holes. And everybody knew that guy was an a-hole everybody knew it good good point we, everybody yeah. knew he was an a-hole yeah uh we didn't know he was that gonna kind of, we, we didn't know he was weird but I mean you kind of knew he was weird you know yeah and uh and and, and they and they put him on their team anyway so you know maybe if Scott Boris is like oh all they care about is the best players well maybe they don't so much anymore because <laughs> you know look where that got him uh yeah so you know I um I I, I, that's interesting. And I, but I also don't think the Dodger, the Dodger fans don't want Correa. They don't want him. And, uh, and Scott Boris is going to Scott Boris, but look at the end of the day, you know, I'd love, I mean, the Dodgers probably aren't going to do this because they do want the Giants to spend top dollar. But you know, if there was ever a time for the Dodgers to stand up and be good, good citizens and not think about how they can screw over the Giants, it would be here. You know, <laughs> right. they could stand up and just say, we don't want him. No.
0: Well, and, and you know, interestingly, last year, the Rangers signed uh, Corey Seager and uh, and Simeon uh, to uh, big contracts, right? And and it was kind of a surprise, came out of right field, but the thing that they had in common is that they were both Scott Boris clients. Uh, and this year, Carlos Correa and Brandon Nimmo are both Scott Boris clients. So... In my mind, I feel like the Giants could pivot quite nicely to sign both Correa and Nimmo, uh, therefore solidifying their outfield and bringing in the best available free agent uh, on the market. And so that, that, I mean, that sounds simple because I feel like just offer them the freaking money uh, and overpay if you have to. Um, But... We've seen that that you know obviously the players have a choice in where they go, and and so I'm not sure, but I feel like that's still obviously it's still a possibility because they're unsigned.
1: Matthew, if the Giants get Correa and Nimo, you and I are going to opening day. On my dime.
0: Oh, you heard it here, folks. All right, don't let him wimp out of this.
1: Whether we buy it directly from the Giants or on the secondary market.
0: All right, we're going. Not nosebleed and... here, though. Right, right. You know. Like...
1: No, I've got, got what? No. no.
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just checking. All right. I know our you. Our listeners
1: sit, our listeners sit up there. We're not going <laughs> to, we're not going to. I'm just kidding, folks. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. This is a comedy show. This is primarily a comedy
0: show. Yes, you're a joke. Okay. I get it. And
1: I am, I have finished my second cocktail and I'm now just drinking the remnants of my sparkly.
0: Oh, you have. It's a clear, clear pho- uh, yeah, glass yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, you know, I love you millennials. It's fine. Um. That's very. You know what I was. I was watching some stats, Matthew. That 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 the that the Gen X generation is like the smallest. And again, I saw this on a YouTube video, so that probably means it's not true. But the Gen X generation is one of the, if not the smallest American generation by percentage in the history of our country. Really? Yes. Like we barely exist. Which is horrible because we did we built so much of the internet after Al Gore invented it. We <laughs> built so much of it, which is like now how the world is controlled and like you know like uh, anyway. I really apologize for that, but like the millennials are huge, right? Because they're an echo of the boomers who were the biggest generation by percentage of population um, in the history of the uh, of the U.S. and the millennials are, are almost as big. And so uh, the point is, Matthew, that, um, well, I don't remember what my point is. I'm I'm drunk. (laughs) The the, The point is that I'm going to drink more of my Prosecco. All
0: right. All right. You you do that. I feel like we should be done talking about Judge and all that. Let's talk about the newest giant. We're never going to talk about Aaron Judge again. Again. No need. Uh, Well, okay. 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 Until opening day, because like
1: opening day, we play the Yankees in New York.
0: Right. Yeah, I I really wish it had been in San Francisco. Oh God,
1: That would have been because then we would have gotten well, nobody day on been... my
0: dime. Like if 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 that was the case, because uh, uh,
1: it, yeah, it would have been it would, it would have been better to be in the city of whichever one he spurned.
0: Yes, yes. right.
1: In this case, it, it's in New York, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Maybe well, he'll so... pull his maybe he'll pull his hammy in that in that series. I would never wish an injury on somebody though. That's horrible. That
0: is horrible. But maybe he will. Maybe he will. Who knows. Uh, All right. Well, so so speaking of injuries and and not wishes, so the Giants signed uh, right before we, you know, the day of, we were all expecting the Aaron Judge signing. They signed one Mitch Haniger, or as you uh, put it in the opening, Mitch Hangover. And uh, I think he was only disappointing because he wasn't Aaron Judge. But in reality, that's a pretty good signing, don't you think?
1: Oh, it's a very good signing. Uh, he he is, well, first of all, I think he's one of those guys. Well, he played in Seattle, so nobody knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first part of it, right? So bonus there. Um, you know, he is uh, He's 31 years old, so he kind of fits the the old Giants regime model, which is veteran player. Yeah. You know, Brian Sabian always loved his veteran players. And uh, but but he also you know he gets on base really well he uh, he's got excellent power although he didn't hit for great power last year he's kind of up and down with his power.
0: Well, he's had and, some weird uh, injuries. Uh, and,
1: and well, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. He gets hurt a lot, and we know how far Han Zaidi loves his injured players. Uh-huh. Well. I mean, he mean,
0: loves those guys. To me, he's a little bit like Brandon Belt in that case, like some l- unlucky type injuries. The guy, one of his major injuries in his career, was a ruptured testicle. How does one get a ruptured testicle? You ask. I'm glad you asked. No, I
1: didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Ask. I think, you asked. Yeah, I think we, you asked. None of us are asking. Yeah, I think you asked. None of No, <laughs> we're not asking.
0: Okay, none of us well, are I'm going to tell you.
1: Like there are people. Listen, no, no, stop. Listen, there are people <laughs> yelling. At their car radio or at their phone. Foul ball to the groin. The world okay.
0: Foul him. ball to the groin. Okay, that's how it happened.
1: And As he blows out his microphone.
0: I folks. did blow out my microphone. Sorry about that. I, <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this on headphones, I apologize. Uh, but he said, uh, he said, "Foul ball to the groin." To the groin, and th- I can't think of a worse injury. Like, like I. <laughs> I, I I'm squirming so in my seat exactly, as I Matt? think about this injury. Uh, yeah, we're but, all squirming. We're all squirming.
1: Like, uh, some people might have just crashed their car just now. Like, uh, <laughs> what? What is your point? That my point is, he was a, was like, a kind oh, of a, that's a really bad injury. injury.
0: Like, it's not like it's not like like he has like weak uh, knees or you know like things. And then, and then he had a groin injury or uh, another injury later in the year that they kind of attribute or this year that I think they attributed to maybe a remnant of the the groin injury. So. I think the Giants are banking, obviously, on the fact that these were fluke injuries and that uh, that he will remain healthy. Because when he's been healthy, he's been very, very good. And the interesting thing about, and not interesting, uh, the, the good thing about Mitch Haniger is that he is a guy that you can play uh, every day he uh has yeah, he's not a platoon he's, he's not a platoon guy. Not a platoon guy, which is important cuz we need less platoon guys. I think we can all agree, right Giants fans, that we need less platoon guys and Mitch Haniger fits that bill. He's got a 118 career uh, uh weighted runs, runs created plus against right handers. Uh and uh and and he's a, he's a solid defender in the outfield. Not spectacular, but solid. And so he fits the bill in a lot of ways uh, and is one piece that we needed. Uh, won't certainly kind of, I think, be the uh, the the solution to our problems, but definitely part of the solution.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about that foul ball.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm sure he is, too. He you must, know, it just it, it wakes just up in it the just, middle of the it night just thinking made about me, that
1: foul to folks, folks, those of you who have who have uh, have have boys and young men playing the game, make sure they're wearing their safety equipment at all times.
0: Yes, yes, little league coaches. Anyway, make sure, uh, make sure.
1: No, I mean he's he's a great signing. He is a great signing. Like I, I, he he really is a good fit. He is not an Aaron Judge replacement. You know, I, I think the hope was that he would be an Aaron Judge uh, compliment a, a, a accompaniment. Yeah. yeah yeah a compliment and then and and they would you know and then boom the giants would be done with their their outfield needs um you know there's a lot to be excited about here right there there is he is a good signing and um and i think he's going to do a lot of great things you know assuming he he's wearing his safety equipment or he's avoiding foul balls um you know i mean i think i think what you know strangely what we have learned from brandon belt is that there are people like this in the world matthew that just can't seem to like catch a break. And so let's hope that Mitch Hanniger's not a Brandon Belt in that in that scenario, right? In that. Right. Or Jenny Garoppolo,
0: right? Yeah. Uh, ex-
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's my biggest complaint with Jimmy G. He, like, what's the problem with Jimmy G? Got hurt too much. Exactly. You know, uh, and uh, and then that's, you know, I, I think even Brandon Belt, you know, like just got hurt too many times. Just, you know, always and always at the wrong time, you know. Um, so let's hope that that's not the same for Haniger. I think Haniger is one of those players that when he's on the field and when he's healthy, he is a great player, a great everyday player. And and he does rate better at, as a defensive player, which. We need better defense in the outfield. So this is one more guy who keeps who keeps uh Jock in the DH role rather than playing in the outfield. Exactly. And uh, and so in that way he's a good signing. So so yeah, I, I there's a lot to be excited about, Hanagra. He is a good first step. Again, remember as I said, we just don't want him to be the only step that the Giants take towards improving their team this offseason. Um although are we ready to segue to another thing now?
0: Or well, do we just real quickly, though, I want to though, I, I wanna, one last caveat uh, or reason to like this Mitch Haniger signing is that you're right. It does push further Jock Peterson into that DH role, which the Giants feel is the best. And, and you know, his defense last year proved uh, that Jock is probably better suited at the DH role. And as a left handed DH primarily, what that does is effectively spell the end of Tommy LaStella's career with the Giants. You're smiling there. I see a little smirk.
1: <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I don't. I mean. Okay, this is a fan show. Thank God. All right. You know what? I don't know the man. I don't know any of his family. I'm sure he's I'm a sure nice guy. they're all fine Yeah, people. yeah. He's a nice general. guy. But thank God. Worst signing possibly in San Francisco Giants history. And that was your first signing, Farhan Zayedi, mastermind. Um, You know, I, I uh, thank God. Thank God. But anyway, Matthew, we might yes. have already found our Aaron Judge replacement.
0: <laughs> because Are you talking about we Blake sub- Sable?
1: I am talking about the one and only Blake Sable. we were supposed to get two outfielders this off season, and we've got Sable and Hanneker just Done. like we thought check. yes check I mean, i i I am i I have this vision of Farhan Zaidi in his in his bathroom after he's taking a shower. He's just wearing a towel. It's all steamy in there, and he's looking at himself, and he's dancing, and he's all like, he draws a little square on the steamy mirror, and then he just puts a check mark in it. And he's like, <laughs> "Check! Outfielders acquired. Save three hundred and sixty million of somebody else's money."
0: Now, our listeners might be wondering who the hell is Blake Sable? Uh, they might be Matthew, because, because, because I was I wondering that when is. I when I saw the transaction going through. Uh, so. So the, today was the Rule Five Draft, uh, which, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, means that you know every year the Giants have to protect. I think if you've been in the minor leagues for more than three or four years, I want to say four years.
1: Uh, it basically, it's you've been a minor leaguer for a super long time, and you haven't had your chance at the majors yet.
0: Yes. So the, right. So the Giants will pr- you'll protect players from the Rule Five Draft by placing them on your forty-man roster. Those who aren't right. who are the- eligible to be drafted are now eligible for the Rule Five Draft.
1: Right. In the old days, these were the kinds of players that the New York Yankees would stock up in their minor leagues and then just relegate to um, to 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 just poverty for the rest of their lives uh, and never getting them shot a shot at the big leagues just so that other teams couldn't have them. That's the legacy of the New York Yankees. Um, And so they created the Rule 5 draft so that these poor saps would at least get a shot at the majors, because why is that, Matthew? How, How does that help them?
0: Well, it helps. Uh, so, if you are left, how does it help the player? Then you and you are yeah. drafted by in the Rule Five draft. You have to stay on the major league roster for the entire year, or else be offered back to your original club for a fifty thousand dollar fee. And uh, and so it is rare. For a Rule Five Draftee to stick with their team for the entire year, it is pretty common for players to return to the team that they were on, uh, particularly if you're a position player, because it's much harder for a position player. Those are valuable spots, and uh, it's very rare for a player who maybe isn't quite ready for the majors to stick on on a team all year long when there are maybe other players who are more deserving. Uh, For a pitcher. However, it's not as uncommon. while still uncommon, but not as uncommon for a player to stick around, or particularly if they're a young, effective guy that can maybe throw strikes and um, you can hide them or use them in certain situations where maybe it's not high leverage, and you can get by by keeping a guy like that on your roster for all, all for all, all, the whole season. Uh, so that's how that's how players benefit, right? Uh, so the Giants, and and the reason. So what's interesting about this is that. Gosh, what, five years ago, I want to say? The Giants uh, traded for one Connor Joe. Uh, It was uh, Farhan's
1: first season.
0: Yes, and he was, uh, Connor Joe was originally in the Dodgers organization, so so Farhan knew of him then, and traded for, somebody had picked him in the Rule 5 draft, I don't remember which team it was, but somebody had drafted him in the Rule 5 draft, and the Giants traded for him. And put him on, and if you recall, he was one of the opening day left field starters uh, that has, we've had a different left field starter on every opening day since Barry Bonds retired. And Connor Joe was one of them. And he played like maybe 15 games, got his first major league hit with the Giants, and then was released and sent back to whatever club that he was in. And ultimately ended up with the Rockies and has now, last year, had a very nice year with the Rockies. Uh, So the Giants now have effectively done the same thing they've traded uh for blake sabal who the reds picked in the rule five draft today at the as the number four pick and uh now he is on the 26 man roster as we speak and must remain there if they want to keep him
1: yes and and matthew the accomplice with the giants in the connor joe acquisition was also the cincinnati reds
0: is that right that's yeah. interesting.
1: Connor Joe was drafted by the Cincinnati Reds in the Rule Five Draft, and then traded by the Reds to the Giants. Uh, he was traded for probably I cash say money. Yeah. You know. uh, I- no, so he was traded for Jordan Johnson and cash. Jordan Johnson is twenty five. No, no, is retired.
0: Okay. And and so, you know, it's a low risk move. The Giants uh, have also played they 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 traded for Sable today with for cash and a player to be named later. And uh, which usually means some nobody. Um, and and what's interesting about Sable is that last year he hit 284 with 19 home runs, 74 runs scored, 10 stolen bases and an 859 OPS between AA and AAA last year. And so Obviously has some some uh, some offensive production last year at both the double A and triple A level, uh, but the the kicker is that he's got to take up a roster spot for the whole year, and I just don't know how that's going to pencil out if we've got Yaz, Slater, Hanager, insert free agent name and then Wade Jr. and Jock Peterson, right? I and mean, we've got these guys. There's just too many names to be worried about to to be able to carry a guy, a rule 5 guy that hasn't done anything. And so I just don't understand this move.
1: I I think it's a it's a it's a move that they can make cuz it's cheap. Remember they just spent they were just willing to spend 360 million dollars. That's 40 million dollars a year on a player they didn't get. Right, the Giants are awash in cash. They should be doing things like this all the time. Right? It's a bet. It's a bet. Now, the downside of this bet is it does take a roster spot, and taking up a roster spot, even for one day, uh, sorry, a twenty, you know, uh, opening day, sorry, major league roster spot, even for one day, is a big cost. Not just in money. Uh, who cares about the money at this point? It's an opportunity cost. Right. Somebody else is not sitting in that roster spot. Um, that's that's the really the only cost that they have to think about. They the Giants, we should be throwing money at everything right now. Like if they're not spending this money on free agents, they should be spending money on everything else. Right. Right. But I think we I mean, talk to, but I yeah. mean,
0: this this roster spot. So that means like someone like I mean, I think that the, the odd man out in this area would be Wade Jr. Or Luis Gonzalez. Or, oh, Luis Gonzalez. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so that just I feel like, well, I i feel like Luis Gonzalez is, was 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 on the bubble anyway, uh, because if they sign another outfielder, he's like the low man on the totem pole. So I I don't know. I, and, I, and I feel like Blake Sable is now adding to that low man on the totem pole average. And I, I just I just don't see it. I don't understand it. I don't understand how they what? feel like this rule five guy is going to take a roster spot away from anyone more accomplished already on the roster or someone they hope to sign.
1: Okay, so they haven't even committed themselves to the opening day roster, Matt. Opening day, Matthew, is like, I don't know, like, uh, it's like a million years away. They, they have all of spring training to figure this out. They can send him back at any time, right? In fact, I my question is, why didn't they draft more Rule 5 guys? Yeah. Why didn't they just keep drafting until there were no guys left? <laughs> and bring them all to spring training? You know, like like, you know, like, just to see. Just to put them through their paces, right? And then and then spend the money and send them all back. Who cares, right? You guys are rolling in money. You know, you're all Scrooge McDuck. You know, like I don't know why they didn't draft every Rule Five eligible player in the Major League Baseball. Well, because they only get two. Okay, picks, but yeah, you because know. they could. Well, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. They only can do two. But you know, but 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 that's. I mean, that's why, right? Like, take a flyer. They're taking a flyer. Yeah. Right. And and it, and 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 worst case scenario. Worst case – well, I mean, not worst case scenario, but one likely scenario is they send him back at the end of spring training.
0: Yeah, in my mind, that's the best case scenario because that means they don't need someone like that.
1: Right, but they've also spent the whole time – well, no, in your mind, the best case scenario is not drafting him at all. The okay, What I'm fair, saying is yeah. that at, at least you draft him and you get all of spring training to evaluate him in your organization and uh, – and and at the end of spring training, if, if he's not if he's not clearly better a better option than Lamont, Lamont Wade Jr. and Luis Gonzalez, then you send him back. And and what does it cost you? Fifty grand. Okay. All right. You know that makes sense to me. Which what yeah, which is why didn't they do it twice? All right, all right. They're cheap bastards for not having done it twice.
0: <laughs> well, maybe there wasn't anyone that they felt like could compete for their for certain players. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's that's fair. That's fair. All right. I mean, well, maybe. So and then. We're running out of time, but I do want to say, uh, so for a team that's ranked like 16th or 17th in the major leagues in their minor league system, the the Giants actually lost eight minor leaguers in the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft uh, this week. Um, this
1: blows my mind. How, like, everybody thinks that the Giants have like bottom half minor league organization. How do they lose eight guys in the Rule 5 draft?
0: Yeah. It just uh, it is mind boggling. But I, I feel like the pundits maybe don't know as much as they think they know.
1: Yeah, it, it could be that the people who are ranking the minor league systems are not as well, they clearly disagree. Yeah, they disagree with the people running Major League Baseball teams. You know, right. I, I would like to believe that the people running the major league baseball teams are better than the people writing about major league baseball teams. I would hope so. Yeah, but you know, hey, look, we let writers decide who goes into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, wait, they screw that up pretty badly too, don't they? <laughs> they Do. <laughs> yeah, good point.
0: Uh, so, so I just, I yeah, I mean, eight players lost. I, I mean, they weren't they weren't household names. They weren't guys that you probably even heard of. Uh, but it does show that that the giants have some talent in the minor leagues and enough that other teams were interested. So I uh, just thought that was interesting and, and, and maybe not, maybe, maybe we'll help. Um, you know, maybe we've got some you know, better talent that will kind of rise to the top over the next year or two than we think. So we'll see. All right. Well, Ben, I think it's time to, to close shop. Uh, good chat with you today. Uh, listeners. If you, um, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe. Or uh, And then if you have a chance, please rate us on your podcast listener of choice. Uh, uh, give us a review uh, if you'd like. Uh, that would be great. I've uh, been seeing some fun reviews out there. And uh, just really appreciative of all the downloads we've gotten over the last uh, last month. It uh, seems like there's a lot of interest in the Giants and, and been great uh, engaging with new listeners. So welcome if you're a new listener, and uh, uh, please like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. And
1: tell your friends. Tell your friends. Like, liking and subscribing, it's great, but you know what? Don't feed the algorithm. Feed your friends with intellectualism, and humor, yeah. by telling them about
0: us. Well, one of our listeners said he told his boss after they the boss caught him cracking up on camera. So, uh, right. you know, uh, tell your boss, tell your friends, tell people. You, know, you don't even have to be friends, okay? Just, just tell people.
1: Tell that angry person across from you on Bart.
0: Exactly, the guy wearing the Giants hat that you don't want to make eye contact with. Just, just tell him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Unless he's unless he's like semi bald and's got a scraggly beard, because that might be me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ryan um, Bart yeah that's you
1: yeah yeah and next week folks i'm making a zombie i'm making a zombie we're back to ben's making a different new cocktail Woo-hoo! every week we're still we're still i'm still in tiki land cuz i'm still doing that that thing i'm still doing uh, but no more planter's punches And uh, and 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 when weird, like, you know, random stuff from the uh, from the bar, although the random stuff from the bar does remind me of the of the dice, Matthew. Oh,
0: the dice. dice. Uh, Season one. That was interesting. All right. Well, and for me, I'm I'm coming back with another holiday uh, uh, classic. Well, actually, it's a cultural uh, different cultures uh, cocktail next next week. And uh, um, I'm going to just leave it at that and uh, tease you a little bit. Uh, with that Ben um, it's been good chat with you we'll uh, do it again next week cheers my friend
1: cheers Matthew bye everybody
0: bye join us next time for the giant cocktails podcast until then bottoms up